Hey everyone, today we have a special guest, the Will Lopez, Gusto's chief ambassador, the creator of People Advisory, he's also the host of Between Two Firms, yep, he's also an accountant, Faz Evolution, hosted by myself, Dan Gertrudes, and me, Stephen Byler, totally looking forward to this conversation with Will, me too, all right, Will. How goes it? It goes well. Things are good, man. Staying busy. I'm kind of glad <laughs> that traveling has really died down because, man, I need a break. So it's been really good. I got some some family vacation coming up. Fly down to Florida on the 20th. Stay there until the 29th. Uh, that's where all our family's at. So, so exactly how many miles do you put on your, uh, what are you, a United American? You know, I got to look it up, but a lot. <laughs> Actually, what's kind of fun about that is Gusto doesn't take advantage of the mileage. So we use a platform called Navan Mm -hmm. and Navan does all our travel arrangements, you know, hotels, rental cars, if we wanted everything. So it's like trip actions. And yeah, so I, I ended up joining United's like program at the beginning of the year and then just use my United member number and been claiming all the benefits <laughs> personally. Right. And obviously part of your job is breaking bread, getting to know people on a elevated yeah. level. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I'm a jack of all trades. And so, you know, whatever I got to do to, you know, make things happen or make things happen for people or gusto or firms, I'm all about it. Appreciate it. So uh, it is an honor and a pleasure to have Will Lopez. The Will Lopez. Today, we're going to be talking empowering your people, insights, Mm. people advisory services from and with Will from Gusto. What does it mean to be Gusto's chief ambassador? (laughs) I think chief ambassador, all it means is that I'm out to really represent the company, represent more our customers than the company, um, you know, to advocate both internally, um, our customers, what they want, what they stand for, what are they seeking, the problems they're having, and make sure that those things are very well known within the company all the way up to the top, all the way down to the teams and the programmers. I work very cross-functionally internally to ensure that you know a lot of learnings and feedback that we're hearing from our customers really make it into the, into the process of uh, Gusto's development. You know, when it comes down to it, it's just I'm 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 in a more in a position where, you know, where I'm also building things here at Gusto while weaving in at heavier volumes. I think our customer feedback. So that's pretty. That's been my role. It was deeper weekend that we were talking, and just the feedback you're getting from accountants, right, and internally how you're navigating that with Gusto, because you know Gusto is its own its own beast, right? You've got to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and creating, creating value for your customers often in turn for you kind of what I, what I gleaned from that was like kind of going to bat for your customers with, inside of Gusto, making sure it works together, make sure it, making sure, making sure it fits, making sure the pieces come together. I was impressed. Voice of the accountant community for Gusto. Like Gusto is no longer a startup. Right. Yeah. We're no longer a startup. We're doing pretty amazing, <laughs> right? We got like, uh, you know, over 300,000 customers that now use Gusto. We have over 14,000 firms nationwide that have partnered with us. Two thirds of our, what we call our customers, that is our Gusto customers, the businesses that um, 
are not accountants that want to work or have the opportunity to work with accountants. So two thirds of them actually work with an accountant through Gusto. That That's a huge lift. I mean, when I first started uh, four and a half years ago, uh, we were around, I think 31% was the you know, what I would call the attach rate to a, to an accountant. Now we're at, you know, 67, which is phenomenal, but we all, we all know why that's important, right? Like businesses last longer when they're working with a professional and especially an accountant, right? Teams are healthier. Uh, teams are more taken care of. There's career opportunity there because businesses last longer and, and folks who stay with the company longer tend to get the opportunity to have upward mobility. So, you know, for me, it's also interwoven in, hence why I am in the role that I am, because I, I could see the, you know, from end to end what's going on here and have that luxury uh, from personal experience, being an accountant myself, running my own practice, you know, all the way to, you know, representing that same customer base here at Gusto and, and making sure that we're weaving all their thoughts and their feedback and whatever they feel like they need resolved into our actual product. We want to touch on people advisory services. It's obviously something you have been promoting and very passionate about. I mean, I totally yep. dug your passion on people advisory. I do agree with you. Like one of the things we do love about Gusto is making our our team's lives easier. But more importantly, it's how you actually connect, not with the small business, but with the small business employees. That's that second derivative customer that you and I have talked about. It's so cool when people are like, oh yeah, Gusto, that cool app. What do you mean that cool right. app? Gusto, like they're the ones that pay you. The attach rate of Gusto customers to uh, accountants, because it does for, you know, what is the business case for Gusto? It, it elongates that customer's journey with with Gusto. I think that that's huge, right? Uh, but it also is advantageous to us because, you know, I'm going to say you, you and Gusto have built the platform that makes our jobs easier. So I think that's the big reason why, um, you know, accountants love using Gusto, employees love using Gusto. And I personally attribute a lot of it to your, your visionary uh, approach of bringing the accountant into the loop uh, as far as the value that Gusto is delivering. You guys really built value for the accountant, not just the end user and gave and, and giving the accountant access. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I totally agree. Look, I mean, obviously Gusto is a business, right? Like we, we do when, when we do the right thing and we connect small businesses or small and growing businesses to accountants, it's the right thing to do because once again, they last longer, they're healthier businesses for the economy. Uh, those entrepreneurs can see their, their dreams achieved. We do what's right there. Um, at the same time, right? Accountants get all sorts of business through that. If we can help connect them with more and more customers, that's great for the economy. That's great for your accountants. That's great for the communities around them. And it's good for Gusto, right? And so look, LTV is, is higher when, you know, uh, an accountant is working with a small business owner, right? We know that they stay on software subscriptions longer because they're in their business longer. But all that to say is, you know, it's very fundamental for me to say we need to support these customers because accountants, especially with accountants, right? Accountants have long possessed the skills to advise company businesses through all kinds of circumstances, everything from rapid growth to surviving recessions, right? Given their, their acumen and critical thinking abilities. So when we put ourselves in that fundamental 
understanding that that is the foundation here. Those decisions should always happen from those principles. So I'm a big follower of just basic principles about our customers. And if we just keep those always in mind when we're doing things, we'll always do what's right for that customer, for the for customers, and we'll always do what's right for Gusto. So, Will, you speak with a lot of passion and not just passion for your customers, but you speak like on behalf of Gusto. Right. And people listen. Where did this passion come from? You mentioned you were an accountant. Like, how did you go from being an accountant <laughs> to owning an accounting firm to, well, you're working at one of the most successful like startups in the last 10 years? Yeah, appreciate that. I was born and raised in a family of entrepreneurs. To me, when I was growing up, uh, entrepreneurship was seen as the greatest adventure known to humanity. Um, both of my parents were entrepreneurs their entire lives, uh, both out of a love for entrepreneurship. They loved business. They loved the hustle and both out of a necessity. Uh, both of my parents were born in poverty. I was born in poverty. I grew up in poverty and business was a way to, uh, do two things. I think for all of us was one, it allowed our imaginations to come true because you can turn ideas into great business models and, and see your dreams kind of come true through that. And then secondly, you know, it put food on the table, clothes on our back, roof yeah. over our head. I was the kid in the never ending story that was, you know, in that movie where like the kid was totally enthralled about what he was reading about this, you know, fantasy land. And, um, but I was enthralled about the stories of, of my parents' businesses. My dad had me really late in life, both of my parents did. And so they have been around the block for a hot minute. And so I heard all their stories of successful outcomes and horrible outcomes and failures and wins and realized that business, entrepreneurship was never a given. You know, you, you sometimes you look at entrepreneurship and you think, oh, everybody who runs their own business is always successful. Absolutely not. That's not the case. Absolutely not. And my parents had experienced all of it. So anyways, I grew up in that environment. And both my parents were very passionate. I, I knew business was going to be in my future. I just had zero clue that accounting would actually turn it on for me. You know, growing up with um, those personal convictions, I'm just an individual that throws his whole self into it. And over the years, I've just gotten really, really good about, um, I just did a podcast, another podcast about being vulnerable, uh, that is, you know, speaking my thoughts, sharing my ideas, um, you know, always being under um, the tension of, of disclosing that I'm, I'm here to learn, I'm here to grow. And so when I ran my own practice, so I got my degrees in, in Florida, you know, I joined a traditional firm true to form five mm -hmm. years in, got super burned out. I was a financial statement auditor, started my own practice because I still wanted to do accounting. And it was at the tail end of my practice that I started consulting major fintech companies. So talk of Zero and Gusto and, um, you know, I can name probably a dozen more, Veeam, uh, you know, Spritz, there were a bunch of companies out there on how to build modern partner programs, how to skate to where the, you know, how to skate to where the puck is going, right? Thank you, Wayne Gretzky. I just deliver, I was able to build a, a different acumen around trying to take what I've seen in accounting the past 20 years, because I was on the front lines and try to figure out how to, how do FinTech companies build a model that um, helps the old guard that's transitioning out while the new guard is kind of coming in. Coming from two individuals, two business owners, uh, both non-accountants, right? right, running a running and owning and starting and acquiring accounting firms. Um, I never thought I would be here in a million years. Like right. I never really looked 
I never like really thought much about this industry. Um, but going to where the puck is like that just resonated with me because at least when we started like 10 years ago, nine years ago now, I shoot nine years ago, kind of this month, um, there was still, there was a lot of like, th- there wasn't a whole lot of gustos, right? Um, zero was just coming on. Um, and it was still like old school billable hours. Uh, there was a lot of like traveling to customers. Everything was still like not in the cloud. And here we are like nine years later, uh, with Corey at the helm building out streams, you know, and streams is pretty cool. We're, we went from like zero to about 180,000 ARR in less than 12 months mm. and looking yeah. at spinning it off and giving it its own dedicated management. It's those like risks that I totally dig. And you're right. You, I, I do think like one of the missing pieces, at least in people's mindsets, when they go into entrepreneurship, it's really very different. Like how you, how you think of yourself, your spouse, your family, that integration, being vulnerable, how to, how to learn to be vulnerable. Like that is key to success in entrepreneurship because otherwise you're just going to like, you're just going to, your head's just going to blow up. If I had to think every time, like what's going to go wrong with streams, what's going to go wrong with FPNA, with accounting, when's the next customer coming in? What's the next terminate? Holy shit. My head would just like, yeah, uh, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. So you have to learn to be vulnerable and to lean into those, um, those relationships that are there to pick you up. Yep. I just got off of a, the webinar that carbon did the 2023, uh, year in review mm-hmm. and Ian turned around and he's like, okay, now we're going to first step one. We're going to talk about highlights from 2023. And they went around the table. I think I was number four, number five I was at the end of the list. And I was just like, I actually had a whole script for this. I was going to talk about m and I was going to talk about streams. I was going to talk about GLCon. I was just like, uh, let's just talk about mental health for a second. Right. Like there's one highlight of 2023. It's just like, holy crap. I hit a really big low in March, you know? And it's just like 2023 was all about like recovery and rebuilding and being vulnerable. Yeah. Period. Into that sentence. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm aligned a hundred percent because, you know, um, I don't think I would have gotten to where I am at today if not for two things. One, a tremendous amount of hard work. <laughs> and then and then two, uh, a very humble mindset of always wanting to learn and grow. And, you know, I don't know all the answers. And I think anybody who approaches businesses or business life thinking they know the answers, they're going to get they're going to get humbled pretty fast. And so, because if you, if you go in with that kind of, uh, mentality, you're, you're never going to learn when to pivot, when you should pivot. You're never going to learn when to turn things off, when things need to be deprecated. You're never going to learn, you know, how to take advantage of an opportunity because you're not tuning into, you're not, you're not reading the tea leaves. And so I know we'll talk about it soon, but that's how people advisory was. Right. So it's, you know, if you're an individual that kind of can walk the market, see what's going on in the market. Uh, make connections that aren't obvious, um, you know, that those are fundamental, res- you know, ingredients or recipe of success, right? And so it's, it's, it really is a combination of super hard work and then just staying very lowly and trying to learn and grow. We're going to lighten things up a bit before we get back to business. So, Will, quick question. I think you, I think you, I think you can answer this one. How do you spell the word roast? Roast. 
R-O-A-S-T. All right, good job. And so according to the Oxford Dictionary, roast means, in the verb, uh, roast, the third person, present, right? Roast, so you can cook, right? right? That's one of the definitions. The other one is uh, criticize or reprimand severely. For example, if you waste his time, he'll roast you. We're all in agreement, right? right? Yes. I love always going back to the dictionary. Blake Blake Oliver uh, taught me that one. Oh, yeah. Subject to good natural ridicule. Will roasted the accountant on his podcast. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Wait, is that podcast. is that in the uh, Oxford Dictionary? Will roasted uh, the accountant uh, no, on his podcast. Actually, it's <laughs> it's got to be a definition in there. That would that would be like the ultimate of like making it there. I think if you get like the. The will roast? No, the the in, the in the Oxford Dictionary, the example in the sentence would right. be "Will roasted the accountant on his podcast." That'd be that'd be fantastic. <laughs> you know, there is something about Will I've always wanted. Like, he's a good looking guy, right? You know, I, got the hat, got the yeah, whole background. Know, I, try, I try a little bit. I try. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, Laura Lynn said I should probably get some, uh, you know, some cosmetics done, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> How do you stay in shape? I'm going to give you some answers. A. Is it conference food? B, is it that nap that you take between 4 a.m. and 5 a.m.? Or is dancing really an exercise? I would say uh, five, um, going to a nightclub every night keeps you young. So <laughs> <laughs> I have one last question. Who's a better dancer? You, Michael Lee, or Kenji? Uh, it, it depends on how many drinks we've had, but I, <laughs> I would say... Probably Michael Lee. I think he's a closet dancer. I think I think if you were to catch him in his house, probably <laughs> dancing or his hot yeah, tub. Yeah, I, I, or in his hot tub. I think he probably throws it down pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take life too seriously. All right, let's get back to the script before Allison kills me. <laughs> the creation and evolution of people advisory services. You know, you start to touch on on how you created this, right? Go go to where the puck is, but talk talk a little bit about how you uh, saw in the market, the need for this, and then kind of the journey of, of getting there. Cause, uh, it, it, like you said, a lot of hard work, yeah. a lot of uh, trailblazing, um, you know, before there, before there really was demand right. for people with either services, you were building a platform on which accountants could service yep. customers as people advisors. And it costs money. Like you have to convince yeah. the corporation to like spend money on this. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, great story. So I'll, I'll tell I'll tell it from two angles. One personally, uh, when I ran my accounting firm, uh, I had a client back in 2015 that was one of our largest clients. They did Salesforce consulting implementation, uh, and they were located in the Bay Area. And uh, back in 2015, I think or 2016, uh, they had spent something like seven hundred seven hundred thousand dollars on recruiter fees. And not one of those employees that they hired through the recruiter stayed past three months. <laughs> and I remember sitting across from my client, I was in the Bay, we were at a bar having a drink and he just looked at me with this absolute look of despair and said, "Will, you know, the numbers, you know, how much we make, you know, how much we spend, you know, we got crucified this year because we couldn't, we couldn't retain a single team member. You know, we could have used that $700,000 in work, uh, working capital, you know, what, what can I do here? And mind you, I am, I sell probably the most progressive services to accounts in the world or to clients in the world, small businesses. And I did to this client. I mean, they bought everything from us. And, uh, I remember reverting back to my old, 
typical accountant ways. And all I said was, uh, maybe we should find a cheaper recruiter. And that was in my moment, like the forging moment of people advisory. I was not savvy about, um, how a workforce can really impact the, the business, uh, the performance of a business, its bottom line, its margins. And I saw it very, very clearly in that example that it wasn't forecasting for him. It wasn't tax returns for him. It wasn't bookkeeping. It wasn't technology. It wasn't anything like that. It was people. He was having a massive issue with people. And my skill set and all my training and formal years of training and, and being in the profession had not taught me that uh, a critical component to business life, which is people. People create products, people create services, people deliver services. And so, like I said before, accounts have long had incredible skills to advise clients, but those skills have traditionally remained underutilized um, as our profession uh, continue to focus on like credibility and reliability through the more compliance oriented services of tax, of assurance, of bookkeeping. And so the strategy historically has worked well for accountants, you know, as far as those things are concerned, but it's not working well now today. So fast forward to that personal moment and, and then me seeing that there is an opportunity for accountants to, uh, to become better advisors. I look at being an advisor or an accountant as a journey, not a destination. Um, just because we have a suite of services that we've, that we've been selling for decades now doesn't mean that we figured it out as a profession. And so I think uh, where a lot of it came to a head was uh, when I had the opportunity to come to Gusto to share this uh, concept. Gusto is a people platform. They pride themselves on, on being people-centric and people-focused. We believe that the economy flows through the paycheck. Uh, livelihoods flow through paychecks. Dreams flow through a paycheck. I felt like Gusto had all the ingredients in the world to, to create something very revolutionary for accountants and to codify something for accountants. Because we, we before people advisory, there wasn't a signal. There wasn't any expertise around people operations. And there wasn't an opportunity for business owners to realize that accounts can do a lot more than just crunch numbers. And so, you know, Gusto believed in me. Gusto believed in that vision. It really aligned with our mission here at Gusto. And, um, decided to make major investments into it and allow me to take the helm and help create an incredible offering for accountants to sell today. Um, I small, small story. I remember coming to Gusto in my first month or two, uh, someone came to me and said, so do you think accountants will actually like sell people advisory or like their clients really need it? And like, and so I said, well, if you surveyed a, a million accounts today, and ask them that question, I can guarantee you all 1 million would say no. <laughs> but if you right. build an offering that where CAS has notoriously, notoriously been applied to financial services, but if you throw CAS to payroll, it'll feel very nostalgic. It'll feel very familiar. So I did nothing other than apply an incredible framework to other services beyond the general ledger. And so some people think that may be genius. I thought it was very obvious to say there are other services that we're providing as a firm that have not advanced as far as the general ledger has, right? And so, you know, financial advisory has come really far. It's because we've been focusing on it for 12 to 15 years, but we've not applied that same level of focus to other lines of services. So I just felt like payroll was the next domino to knock down. 
when it came to advancing a, a critical service and, and carving it out and letting it stand on its own. Yeah, totally. And uh, as you like, as you put the people advisory framework together at Gusto, what were the, like the, the key aspects or key elements early days that you said, like, here, I got to build these into what we're building for accountants, even though they don't need it yet? Yeah, that's that's a great idea. Obviously, you know, coming up with the concept and and forming the concept, right? Creating the noun people advisor, you know, I I, I knew it was yeah. going to be a pioneering consultative service that for the first time focuses on serving businesses and their teams, right? Notoriously in the mm -hmm. future, uh, in the past, I think accounts just served the businesses and did, never really thought about the teams, but this was the first service that would focus both on the business and the teams and could put any doubts about the profession's relevance to rest. Right. And so when looking at people advisory, I knew that payroll was filled with a tremendous amount of scope creep because I sold payroll for a living, right? I serviced payroll <laughs> for a living. I knew that yep. the focus and the reliance on compliance services really hindered many accountants from building advisory services. But I think practitioners still can aspire to transform their clients' businesses with their expertise and insights, but mm -hmm. with a people-focused lens. So some of the fundamentals in the early days was like people advisory starts with payroll. People advisory is an inroad to higher value through payroll. And so, you know, the paycheck itself as accountants, payroll services are, it's not loved. You either love it or you hate it. And I knew very well that there was very little understanding about what payroll really meant in the lives of our clients. That's why accounts, and we don't like to get into the business of benefits or HR or people operations. It's because those things are too far afield from the general ledger. And what's really close to the general ledger? The payroll integration, right? Just pushing numbers back and forth. And so I just knew that I, I had the opportunity to revamp the minds and revamp the hearts of accountants to care more about payroll and really look at it in the right light. And so uh, hired and, and built an incredible team to help think through all that conceptual work and then think through how do we bring that conceptual work to market through education, through product, mm -hmm. through events, through examples. Uh, through firms, having firms reevaluate their business plans and say, we can do more for our clients. And so it was, it was a full suite of attack and that I knew wasn't going to take a few quarters to pull off. It was going to be a multi-year, multi-decade initiative. And that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. One of the things you said, uh, you know, there's a lot of scope creep in accounting services, especially in payroll, right? right. Um, because accounting is just historical looking, right? It's backward looking. And you know, that's where accountant, the traditional accountant loves to live, right? right? Make sure everything is recorded correctly. And it's where you start getting that, that, uh, you know, at growth, like we got the, we got the accounting and we got the FPNA, the forward looking side of things, right? The, uh, CFO focused kind of things. Uh, and it's a totally different persona, right? Of who can actually deal with the, uh, the detail of the historicals and who can deal with the ambiguity of going forward. Cause I can guarantee you every one thing about every forecast that's out there, it's wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to be wrong, but it's going to be wrong, whether it's because of the economy COVID hits or it's because, uh, an analyst, you know, messed up a formula, both of them lead to a wrong, uh, uh, forecast. Wait a minute, but, are you saying that um, we can't tell the future? Is that what you're saying? 
<laughs> well, I won't speak for you, but uh, but the, like the, there there is a ton of scope creep. But things like payroll, it's where accountants are comfortable, right? right. Dealing, you know, because it, it's like I'm going to pay the employee for the their their past performance here, right? But you start to get into things that are like uh, operations, accounting operations, not just accounting itself, but dealing with payroll, dealing with people, right? And and that's where accountants, I think, are probably historically not as comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I had. An, a former company investor, like he's like, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't like uh, employees. Employees suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to deal with payroll. I also right? don't like to do the work. So um, you need employees. But uh, so he was in the business. He didn't need any employees. But the, the point is, you know, the, when people are looking to get into people advisor, they're looking at their own businesses and they're like, aren't, aren't I already doing this? And, and part of the answer probably is yes, you probably are because you're probably helping your customer with payroll. You're probably the go-to person when they get an, a notice from the state that says, Hey, your account isn't funded, you know, and the accountants are probably helping the customer deal with these things. Hmm. And the, the framework that you put around this gives them a, uh, gives them a market them. for that, right? As we've developed new services here at Growth Lab, some of it is just like, let's see where the scope creep is and let's put a new, like, let's put a new service around that because it is not bookkeeping, right? When we started right. this, bookkeeping was like a thousand things to a thousand different people, right? Um, and we say, okay, this is bookkeeping. This is bill pay. This is, you know, different mm-hmm. pieces of it. And if you want me to do that, I'm happy to do that. I can do that. I've got the expertise. Um, and so I'm not oversimplifying this, but you did a beautiful thing of, of saying there's total scope creep here. Segregate it. And call it why don't we else. call it something? Why don't we elevate it so that, you know, the stuff you're doing is the base level service under people advisory. And if you, and, and then you get customers to like acknowledge there's a whole value stream here that I'm, I'm helping my customer with. And when they call me up and they're saying, well, hey, my employee's just, you know, he's giving me another, he got another offer from another company. What do I do? Compensation strategy, right? That's Can I just of- add something? So oh, this may, this will resonate with Will. Scope creep isn't just in bookkeeping and, you know, it's also in tax. Yep. And so one of our fastest growing products and uh, segments in our tax division that actually this year will probably end up went from zero to about 25, 28% of total tax revenue. Mm-hmm. Cause we were, tradi- well, first of all, traditionally we were not a tax shop. And then April, 2020, we started a tax business. Um, and it was pretty much call it 90% prep and file transactional. And the rest was quote unquote consulting. Right. And right. Three years later, what we realize is, oh my word, there is actually a lot of scope creep in the world of tax. And about a year ago, we we set off on a project and it's been an evolution, but that project kicked off what essentially is now we call virtual tax manager services. And the VTM services is selling like hotcakes. Mm. Why? Because we took what was scope creep and took what was a total like old school way of making money in accounting prep and file transactional, right? A thousand, three thousand dollars a tax return. And we said, okay, if you pay us, if you buy virtual tax manager services and you pay us monthly, you're going to get a tax manager in your hip pocket for the whole year. Moreover, it includes uh, annual year end tax strategy planning. And it includes all the other stuff that we already do during the year for you, plus more. Plus, we get to keep our finger on the pulse of what's actually happening, happening, especially with all these pass-through entities. 
We do accounting reviews for you. So you're getting an accounting review from the controller on the accounting, plus the controller now talks to the tax manager on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis, depending on the service level. And oh, by the way, it includes the price of your prep and file for your entity. And if you're a pass-through, it includes your 1040 for every K-1 that gets issued. Yep. And it's selling. It's like guys who were a total pain in the ass all year long and were a pain in the ass like right up until September 14th because they were on extension, like now we can stay on top of this. It helps us flatten our curve, aka managed capacity planning and scheduling, but it also gets us closer to the customer and we make more money. Look, I think it's genius. In fact, I think we're more aligned than you can possibly imagine because when I started my firm back in 2012, I sold the exact same thing. I basically bundled tax work and tax planning and access to a tax professional within our monthly packages. And so like I had zero receivables around taxes every single year. And so like you're absolutely right, Stephen. And so it's like, it's about, it's about eliminating all that scope creep. There's a lot of scope creep and a lot of services and, and back to the point of like payroll, I, I realized that payroll was probably even more riff of scope creep. Like I think we give away so much value in payroll because the other services generally we can kind of earn the revenue because tax prep, you can kind of like inflate the bills or do whatever you want. You charge for tax planning, you charge for all these kind of services. But I felt like, like payroll in particular was one that we literally were like throwing away. It's the Costco chicken of the world, right? Like total loss leader, um, you know, totally meant to, to just, oh, yeah, right. to bring in the customer, the way you made, yeah, fruit. the way you made your money through it was by just jacking up your bookkeeping fees and accountants just weren't realizing that there's a tremendous amount of scope creep. So, you know, to your point, payroll was an easy thing to just unbundle away from that. Let it stand on its own, give it a name, package it, price it, staff it, sell it. And, and sell it like hotcakes. And so we, we have a lot of firms that are now selling it, which is incredible. And, but to help accounts get there, you know, was a lot of the hard work, I think that myself and my team worked on because the concept of people advisory is just based on the simple idea that people are at the heart of every business. And what service are you providing today that is actually uh, helping a client with their people? None. None, none, right? none, probably payroll compliance. That's about it. And, and so, you know, for me, it was such an obvious opportunity to say, whoa, you know, we can create a new economy for accountants, brand new jobs. Pa- being a payroll processor is a dead end job. I know that. And so upward mobility for people who are in the payroll industry. And so, you know, it was just, it was so obvious, but yet no one really put the dots together and like you're your, your virtual tax manager, yeah. your VTM. It's like, Hey, this is so obvious, but let's, let's reimagine this let's service. Yeah. Let's give it a try. Let's reimagine it. Let's reform it. Let's reshape it and see if it works. Yeah. I mean, so here at growth lab, you know, we have launched people advisory services yeah. and um, our journey doesn't go, just go back a year when we kind of, we launched this, it goes back like almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first accounting firm that we acquired uh, was payroll was one of the services. And we quickly identified, A, we're not making a whole lot of money mm-hmm. on it. And B, it's a huge risk, right? If you if you screw up somebody's payroll, uh, you know, what are they going to do? 
They're going to leave you. They're going to leave. And they're, are they just going to take their payroll business with you, which is not making me much money? No, they're going to take their entire relationship yeah. somewhere else, right? They're going to take their accounting. They're going to take, we didn't do tax back then, but if it was now, they'd take their tax and they take their uh, payroll. We actually exited the payroll business because so we did not want to risk those relationships with Bad, bad data from the customer. I mean, sometimes half the time there was an error, it was bad data from the customer because they didn't integrate their time tracking with their payroll or, you, you know, you name it, right? There's there's a hundred ways that you can mess things up and it's not worth breaking a, re- a relationship with that. And everything was on Friday afternoons. <laughs> so we, we actually exited, not just people advisory, but we exited payroll. And actually that did reset us well because we just, we said, we're not, we're not going to be part of your payroll process. You, you, you take that Mr. Customer, Mrs. Right. Customer. Um, but you know, okay, we, we get back into it. You know, we're going to help them out. We, we do have the expertise and then come, you know, people advise. I remember, remember sitting late nights, sitting in bed with my headphones on listening to, uh, you talk about people advisory going through the, the training. That was probably like five, six years ago. And to your point, it's a multi-year journey, right? Um, we didn't, we didn't launch people advisory at that point. We didn't, I didn't have the people, we didn't have the team and, you know, didn't have the interest from customers. But as we've developed that interest, uh, you know, launching this just totally makes sense. And, you know, here we are probably six, eight months in. Yep. Um, and, you know, the team is our team, our accounting team starting to like really see those opportunities. Where, where, where is the opportunity for people advisory to jump right. in? Uh, what are the, what are the, what are the triggers? Right. And so I'm even in the last like three months seeing the uptick in the, the deal, deal flow. Um, so it's getting into kind of our, no, no, our but that's weeds, good. But, like, uh, it's a, it is a process, right? It's not going to happen overnight. Right. Um, but it's a process that, uh, that, you know, with Gusto, Gusto makes it super easy, right? Yeah. You got templates integrated with Ignition. You got, uh, you know, easy, easy pieces, like pieces of work, whether you use uh, whatever your workflow system is, um, you make it easy for, co- for companies to, uh, get the marketing material, get the uh, engagement agreements, get the yep. workflow material. So, so you can quickly get up to speed, but it still takes a process. It still takes a lot of energy and effort uh, internally to uh, get, the, get the team on but board. Steve, I think where you were going, because our listeners, like, we want to be transparent. This is how we're doing it. We're not always perfect, but our greatest sales team for Paz is our bookkeeping and our accounting team. They touch our customers on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. a monthly basis. They see the pains. They hear about it. They feel about it. They see the crappy general ledger integration. You know, the things aren't being mapped correctly. Like they see it. They are our best sales team. Yeah, no, to your point. And we comp them one month MRR of PAS. Boom. I mean, we've, we've got incredible. a great campaign, cold email marketing campaign for accounting, right? Right. Uh, and that's, I know, the, we know the numbers, right? You send out X number of emails, you're going to get Y number of customers. We tried that with PAS. And we admittedly, we didn't do the, the five years of testing, but we saw, we saw the, the months of testing and it wasn't giving us the same results. Right. No. Um, so we've turned that, we've turned that off and been like, Hey, we're not going to get past customers de novo, just like we're typically not going to get uh, some other services de novo. Let's, let's hit the accounting yep. hard. You get in, understand that backward looking stuff, get the customer comfortable with you. And then they're going to expand and uh, be able to trust you with payroll with their people, right. with their benefits, with their, you know, right. you name it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, that just goes back to my example of, of my client that was having people issues, right? He was, he was purchasing everything else from me. And, you know, the opportunity for me at the time was to help him with his people, but I didn't have a service to throw at him. I didn't have the expertise to throw at him. You know, I just looked at payroll as merely a compliance moment. Although I was giving him a ton of advice around his people, you know, like I was doing it because I, you know, I'm his advisor, I'm his accountant. How could I not try to provide him some advice? You know, to your point, Stephen, like 
when you think about launching a service, when we were building people advisory, I knew it had to be multi-dimensional end-to-end support for accountants, right? So we started with the certification program to help land the concept to say, hey, look, this is Gusto's mm-hmm. role. This is your role. Here's what's in scope. Here's what's out of scope. So that way you don't fall into legal hot waters when it comes to benefits, HR, these areas that we are concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the initial foundation. Then we built the, the accelerator program, which was, okay, how do we monetize this thing? Right? How do we package it, price it, staff it, market it, you know, create a website? Uh, what are all the templates for that? So we basically built an accounting pass firm in a box is what we did. Uh, but it just doesn't have to stop there. We had to create product for it. What does that look like within Gusto Pro? How do we give accountants the data that they're looking for for the analytics portion of, of people advisory services? I struck up partnerships with Ignition. We created an engagement letters, struck up partnerships with Giraffe, with Reach Reporting, knowing that you know there's, there's management mm-hmm. packets to deliver. There's, there's actual deliverables here. And so nice. you know what's really, really cool is, for me at least, and I'm not trying to pat my team on the back, but I have yet to find anyone who has actually tackled helping Mm -hmm. accountants provide a service like that, that holistically. And that's what we've done at Gusto. That is, we've actually done a lot of the thought work and the hard work to say firms can really be successful with this service, you know, because Gusto provides for the most part, everything that you would need to be successful with this service. All it requires is a little elbow grease on your side. One of the most valuable pieces of the Gusto toolbox are the employee surveys. Yeah. Oh, man. And as, as basic as oh, that may, may be, those. it's huge. It's huge. It's not related to payroll. You know, the, I, I, is there anybody out, else out there, Will, that is doing something similar built into the payroll platform? No, not from my understanding. You may not want to Not from my, I don't know. Not from my understanding. Perhaps maybe, perhaps maybe Zenefits. But the, the, that, that employee survey, which basically can tell you like your employee MPS score, is it great to work for this company or not on a scale of one to 10, would you recommend yeah. it? It also has themes that you can send to your team every month, right? So questions around yeah. you know, management, you know, is management doing great? Questions around benefits, questions around whatever. And so no other payroll company has done anything like that. And it's because that's a very people-centric tool. It's a very employee-centric tool. And so when I was, oh, he uh, captures, he captures the voice of the accountant. Right. Mm-hmm. We would love to be able to tap into this data, and be able to grab all the data, put it into even something like a CSV file, and or, be able already to working on it, for it. You fellas. <laughs> <laughs> because so I'm looking at my data, and I see so my December 2023 survey because I only really look at the employee happiness. We hit the 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 the. the Ninety-seven percent happiness. Wait. Okay, we got it. Yeah, go. That's incredible. And that is up from eighty-seven percent in August twenty twenty-three. So when I talk about like culture, mental health, the state of being, like people feel that, and that these results show that this company was going through a low mm. in Q two, and I put it towards my management committee. I said this number has got to go up before the end of the year. Hell or high water. I don't care if I got to be a cheerleader every day or start doing, I just started doing skip levels about two months ago and it's been the best thing I've done. And um, 
my score is ninety seven percent. I'll share that in the in the notes. And, I mean that that's I, I mean that's uh, a testament. That's a testament to great employership. And I think I think a lot of clients and a lot of companies would love the same, which is why people advisory is so palpable. I don't think enough people take advantage of them. Um, and they do the, the NPS score is, is the biggest piece of it for us. Yeah. Um, but those, the, the, the things you were mentioning, uh, you know, you can, it's themes, it's management, it's feedback, it's, right. you know, uh, but when we first started using it, do you remember this? Uh, the, there's like, I think there's 10 months worth of this. So it cycles through every 10 months, yep. the mm -hmm. theme, and you, you can delete questions, but you can't add your own questions. And at first we were kind of annoyed at that. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, you know, I guess I should make it so I can put my own custom questions in there. To be honest, I'm glad we don't have to do that because it would glad. take a whole heck of a lot more time. We'd spend a whole lot more time on it and it would not give us the, uh, the value because, because we would be spending time on it. We're not getting our NPS scores. Uh, and over time, if you use this for multiple mm -hmm. years, you get those, not just on the NPS score, how's that trending, but you get your feedback every 10 months on how, how management is doing. Right. Am I getting enough feedback as an employee? Uh, what are the benefits like here at this company? And every 10 months you ask the same set of questions and you get a trend, right? So I think yeah. we're in year three or four now. And so I can look back at, at uh, three or four of these uh, survey sections and that's, 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 that's huge. So I'm just plugging that pe more people should use. I'm going to plug one more time. 97% happiness. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's a fun fact. That that feature actually existed before I came to Gusto. And so when we were creating People Advisory, I saw that feature and I'm like, this is such a people-centric feature within the product. We need to promote this more within People Advisory. But all that to say is like 97% score up from 87 or from a much lower number. Steven, to your point about like, getting those kind of insights, this just goes down to say that businesses are more likely to succeed when they empower their people, because those employees in turn more likely are more likely to stay for the long haul. And so, you know, I think the opportunity for anybody who's thinking about servicing clients is to really, if you, if an accountant can become a people advisor, they can build a new service line that really does bring peace of mind great workplaces, personal prosperity to their clients and their teams. I know we do that as yeah. accountants for the owners, but I think mm -hmm. it, I think it behooves us if we, if we really are fiduciary responsible for that client and their well-being, we should do the same, extend that same level of love down to their employees. And in that is massive business opportunity. Love. Mm -hmm. We love you. We appreciate you. <laughs> well, I love you. you guys too, man. <laughs> Can you give me one or two highlights uh, of the year? And what are you thinking for 2024 as we close this out? Especially maybe the, the future of People Advisor. Yeah. So I, I would say two highlights this year. Uh, one is when firms started to call People Advisory PaaS. And I, I'll be honest with you, I just about fell out of my chair. It was, it's like a dream come true. Um, I, I did not come up with that. <laughs> yeah. In the Oxford Dictionary. Yeah, yeah. Pass. I did pass. not come up with that, but when I heard it the first time, I, a tear came to my eye for sure. <laughs> that was a big highlight because I'm, I'm just seeing people having fun with it, right? They're they're really absorbing it. They're they're making it their own. So that's kind of really fun. And then secondly, nice. you know, I one of my personal goals when I first started this year was to get out into the community more, network with with a lot of my friends and colleagues out in the space. And for me, I did that this year and it was such a great boost to, to my own personal mental health and uh, just great uh, confidence booster to just see everybody again and everyone in action. Because when I, when I first joined Gusto, I kind of fell into a black hole building all of this stuff. So I, was, I went AWOL really quick for a long time. 
So this year I made it a goal to get back out there and, um, and just rub elbows more. So I'm, I'm proud that, you know, I was able to meet folks like you guys or just network more and, um, be a part of the community more. So for me, it was, it was such a, it was so refreshing for me personally. I think Gusto Next was a uh, blast. Oh yeah, I mean, look, we we know how to throw a, a great event and and a good party. So, <laughs> super cool headquarters. So twenty twenty four, twenty twenty four, you know, Gusto Next bigger and better. Um, me out in the wild more and more, which is great. And you know, as far as Gusto is concerned, um, I'm 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 actually working on trying to get past global. So we have firms that we're working with internationally that want to get into people advisory services, which is really exciting. And, you know, as Gusto has recently launched Gusto Global, you know, through that, I'll be working really hard to see if firms internationally want to start servicing their clients and their teams. So for me, that's a really exciting opportunity. I created people advisory knowing that it is bigger than gusto but powered by us it's meant for the world it's meant for all accountants everywhere right taking care of your clients and your teams is not a new idea so you know but if we can encourage it then i think you know employees will be a lot happier around the world so that's for me that's a that's a big goal in 2024. that's a great way to close out inspiration right there inspiration all right well thank you very much appreciate everything thank you all